I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. See Day Trippers, brought to you by bookmakers.com. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. Instead of a midweek fix, we're going to have a little another dose of no transfer knowledge. I'm your host, Matt. I'm joined on this very fine evening by Kev and Chris. Gentlemen, how are we? Not too bad. Not too bad. All good. Been a bit of a, I don't know, it's been a bit of a mad week, hasn't it? So far, there's loads of talk going on, but today we actually started seeing some movement going on around the place, so... That can usually have a knock-on elsewhere, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. And how are you, Chris? Oh, man, I'm just embracing the madness, enjoying enjoying what's happening, and the amount of meltdowns over stuff that's not happened yet. It's great. Yeah. Turn into the skid, I believe, is the advice given when you're driving, right? If you're going to fish yeah, tail just, out. So. Just, if you just embrace it, honestly, it's so much more fun. I just don't take it too seriously. It's great. Yeah, I mean, it, it helps to not be on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter, so I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm rather shielded by a bunch of the madness. I'm not sure which one of you is giving us that massive feedback. I think it's Kev. It's Kev. <laughs> you can see it's not now. Somebody's got uh, a far more popular phone than mine will ever be, plus I'm on airplane mode because I'm a professional amateur uh well while kev gets his phone sorted i'll let everybody know the show tonight is brought to you by bookmakers.com 
Uh, head on over to their website. The season's fast approaching. So if you want to get some even money bets on Everton getting relegated this year, uh, and any and everything, I'm sure you'll be able to get on top of there. Probably get some pretty good money on Mo Salah as Premier League top scorer this season because I don't imagine a lot of people think that's going to happen. So If he's still, still here. <laughs> wow, that's 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 there's a show. Two more, there's two more weeks here for another for another bit. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, that's a that's a show for another week. But the the big story today, I mean, we're gonna start right at the very top. Is uh, links for Luis Diaz to Al Hilal, fifty million pounds, fifty million euros. I'm not entirely sure on the amount. Kev, no before worries. I come to you, I'm just gonna say that. This I saw this reported by who I believe to be the number one Colombian ITK, and that is Pipe Sierra, better known as Pipe Mountain. He's the one who first broke the story of Luis Diaz coming to Liverpool. He was one of the first people to break the story on Darwin Nunez coming to Liverpool. So I'm a believer in Pipe Sierra because I think it's a great name, Pipe Mountain. Uh, you put a lot of credence into this, Kev. You think we're going to lose Luis Diaz? No, um, I don't think we're going to lose him, but I expect us to have offers for other players. Now that we've signaled that we are open to selling players, um, I think that I don't think anyone is safe. I don't think anyone is safe throughout the league, to be honest. Um, I think that if the Saudi PIF League wants a player, they'll get a player. They'll do their damnedest to to get who, who they want, if they believe that that player can build their brand. Is that Luis Diaz? I don't think so. But um, 50 million quid would be a derisory attention-seeking offer at best. Um, saying that, I wouldn't dismiss it completely out of hand. Like I, I did a couple of weeks ago when the first murmurings came for um, Jordan Henderson. Thought, nah, there's no way. There's just no chance. No chance on earth that Liverpool would sell Jordan Henderson. He's captain. Yeah, he's going to have a bit part to play at the club. Same with Fabinho. Fabinho's our starting six. Unless we're going to replace him like for like or better, what's the point in selling him? He's got time in his contract. Why Why would you? And then all of a sudden, bang, bang, and the wheels have been put in motion and we're looking now as if it's a real possibility. So I'd never say never. Uh, but it would take an awful lot more than 50 million, an awful lot more. I mean, yeah. you're seeing links coming out of Germany in the last uh, couple of days, linking Musa Diaby from Bayer Leverkusen, who was heavily linked with Aston Villa, strongly linked with Aston Villa. And he's looking like a target now for Saudi League. So Alan Maximin is another one that apparently Newcastle are looking to flog on for 40 million. Just so happens that that's the amount that Leicester won for Harvey Barnes and it gets them out of uh, financial fair play trouble. But, you know, that's just a coincidence, honestly. It really, really is. I believe it, don't you? That's that, This is the world we're in now. It, it's absolute madness. This is literally like someone turned PlayStation on or Xbox on and started playing career mode, turned the sliders right down to easy mode and you're just starting from scratch and you can get anyone you want. You're, this is Monopoly money. We're in a different different arena now. Comple completely different to anything that I think the club or any club could have planned for or anticipated. I think it was always possible with like the likes of Ronaldo going there and you've seen Benzema go there, the retirement home option, you know, career payday and what have you. But once they went for Ruben Neves, 
Dobbins and gloves are gloves are off. Ruben Neves is in the prime of his career, playing for Portugal, established international Premier League stall. He was going to be he was a regular Premier League player, would have gone to a number of Premier League clubs, no problem, and done a good job for most of them. And then suddenly bang, he's gone. That told me that they're serious about this league. So I don't I don't think we'll sell Luis Diaz, but at the same time, I wouldn't dismiss the links to any player now for any club going forward you just can't yeah once bitten twice shy i guess right yeah. kev i mean fool me once yeah, that's, and, and, that, and that and that's it that's it in a nutshell it's like the way this window is evolving is um it's starting to get interesting there because you're starting to see a lot of movement in other clubs that can see balls start moving that haven't moved yet players that you didn't think would move could move now suddenly other options are starting to open up and other options that we were looking at have closed or potentially have closed after today. So it's an evolving situation for sure. And uh, what about you, Chris? Rory Fitzgerald, he says that uh, Diaz is only a year and a half into his contract, which expires in June of 2027. He's probably in scope for a contract extension next season, but his agent will want it this summer. Maybe there's something to that. Do you give any credence to that? Or is this uh, like Kev's concerned about just, more Saudi Pro League money coming to take another star away from the Premier League to bolster their roster. Probably more than last. It can't be the first one. There's, there's only Henson who does that trick. So, you know, the club only fall for that one once, don't they? So, um, I, I'm a bit like with all this. If the money, if the figures, the figure Liverpool wants, it'll go. It's not 50 million, but, you know, I think Liverpool have a deadline of a certain date where they'll go. Up to that day, all gloves are off. Uh, I've seen a few in the chat saying, you know, Liverpool didn't see this coming. I don't think they saw who was going to go coming, but I think they had a, an inkling, like a few clubs did that, actually this, the Saudi Pro League could be a factor this summer, which is probably why they brought in this experienced sport director on a short-term deal. So they had someone with a bit of experience to oversee it. You know, they probably suspected it was Salah they'd go for. Or something. I don't think they expected Henderson and Fabinho and probably not Louis Diaz. Uh, Diaz, but at this moment, nothing will surprise me. You know, I mean, listen, I've just seen Johnny Evans go on a, a short-term loan, a short-term deal to Man United just to train with them, which is cracking. So you know, there's all sorts of silliness going on at the moment. It was it was either that or sign for Everton. So we went, I'll just play you football with Man United. And I, it's an upgrade on Harry Maguire. So I mean, there well, is he's, quick, he's quicker, isn't he? Yeah, there's some sense behind that. But is do you think there's a price that Liverpool would do business at, Chris? Like, do you yeah. do you think that they would entertain selling Luis yeah. Diaz? I think there's a price at every player, and that's what I look for. I think at every club there is a price that they will be willing to sell at. Okay, let me rephrase it. Do you think there is a realistic price? Because I don't see the Saudis coming in with a world record, you know, more than Neymar fee for Luis. No, I, I think you'd be looking closer to the hundred mark. That's what they, they then they, they talk, which I don't think is going to come. So that's why it's a bit of a non-starter. But, you know, if they come in with 80 to 100 million, wouldn't surprise if that became a bit more of a conversation of he'll go. But they have to have someone lined up, whether it's, you know, the lad from the Wigger from Napoli, whose name I cannot pronounce, so I kind of hope... Not a I just know it starts with a K and it, I can't pronounce it. I've only just learned to do Sobos like, you know, I was a bit gutted we signed him just because I can't say his name. Uh, so can little just have people's names I can pronounce, which is not very many. So do I think it'll happen? No. 
but it wouldn't surprise me because I, I do think for every player there is a price. But I also think for Liverpool there is a, a deadline they won't go beyond. Which I do think is what's happening with the current lads who are going out now. There's a deadline that has to be done by this days or they don't go. So that's why I think we're up to with it. Yeah, I don't, for me, it just feels like that deadline for the forwards at least has passed. Like I think with the amount of turnover and turmoil we're seeing in the middle of the park, I just don't see the club. Like unless it's basically like Barrett Skelia with a pound sign in front of it. Yeah. You know, like unless the Saudi League, like unless Al Elal just gives Napoli what they want for Barrett Skelia and we get him as a player and they take Luis Diaz. I mean, I would be okay with that. I don't see that happening. I just this I also, is so so out of left field. Like yeah, I also think Liverpool at that point now they've got that much work to do in midfield. Do you need another headache? It's something you want to if you can kick down the road for another for another summer. Which is why I don't believe a Kelleher will go because I think they'll just do a deal with him, tweak his contract a little bit, give him a bit more money, and just say look, wait till next summer. You can go next summer. A bit like we've been doing to Nat Phillips for about four years. I think it's just like kick a can down the road till next summer and then worry about goalkeeper next summer. Worry about if it's forwards leave, that's next summer. Yeah, it's a very good point by Emmett Cavanaugh. Just gave Luis Diaz the number seven shirt. Not a chance it happens. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. You know, I've, I've seen Xavi Alonso be on all the marketing for all the brand new kits. He was gone 10 days into the summer window. So it means nothing. I mean, but you know, if he goes, we can get Hoiberg into weather number seven shirt and Emmett's be happy. So, you know, there's always that option. Boy, poor Emmett. He's never going to live this Hoiberg shout down ever. Yeah, yeah. It's always bad to say we didn't have any midfielders last summer, but you know, we all, we all make mistakes, don't we? That was me. I, except for you, <laughs> apparently. You're, uh, you are absolutely. Oh, no, they're there. I don't, trust oh, they're there. I just don't bring them ones up because it's fast for Internet doesn't forget. So, I mean, Really, I I just don't I, I think it's a non-starter. I, really, I come I was thinking about this today, knowing that we're gonna do this show and reading about this Diaz, you know, link to Saudi Arabia. And I'm starting to feel like this is just pure agitation on behalf of the PIF. Newcastle has just gotten into the top four. We are obviously the biggest candidate to supplant them out of that top four. Out of any of the teams that are outside of that top four that are going to take Newcastle's spot at the end of this season, we are the biggest risk of that. This is just, whether it's Henderson, whether it's Fabinho, whether it's mooted talk over a Tiago bid, whether it's Luis Diaz, the inevitable talk of Mo Salah going to the Saudi Arabian League, all of these things. To me, this is just designed to fluster and throw Liverpool off of our preparation for the season because it's not happening to Spurs because they're not a threat. It's really, they're going in and getting players that are either partially owned by them, whether it's Chelsea or Newcastle players or players that are clients of, of George Mendes. Hmm. That seems to be kind of the stable of players that they're going for. So I wouldn't be entirely surprised if the deal for Fabinho just disappeared and he ended up playing. Like, I don't think that's the case. I think it will happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden, Oh yeah, no, we didn't actually want this player. And then, you know, Liverpool's left going ah, geez, you know, what's the situation that we're at here? Because keep in mind, 
that the Saudi Public Investment Fund not only owns these teams and is throwing these this money around and these crazy bids to get all these players to build their league up, they also have either other irons in the fire, and one of those is Newcastle United. And it's a pretty good way of protecting the value that they've built up in Newcastle United, not just by throwing money at the Newcastle project, but also at trying to destabilize their nearest rivals. So that's that's what I'm getting from it because we're getting too damn close to the season and my optimism has come back again and I'm not about to have it all derailed by these lunatic bids coming out of nowhere. So as much as it bothers me. Hey, listen, uh, up until two weeks ago, we could have named the Liverpool midfield that was going to start Chelsea at the moment. Flip a coin. <laughs> Flip a coin. There's a, there's a few ones. Yeah, none of, none uh, of them might be there. I mean, yeah. at this point with the midfield, I, I'm At okay this, if it all just gets blown up. If we have two uh, returning midfielders from last season in Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott, I'm fine. Because we all did enough shows after games where our midfield was piss poor and you had to look at the comments coming in of sell this player, sell this player, sell this player, sell this player, sell this player and going, we can't sell them all. You know we can't sell all the players, right? I, you know, look at this. Look at yeah, oh, gee, those post match shows were great crack, weren't they, Kev? We were getting blamed for the uh, transfer policy in Liverpool. I actually went. I went more grey last season. I mean, look, I literally my I, I've aged ten years in one year in last season. I just thought some people thought we had that that level of influence. Yeah. I didn't realize it was possible. Don't, we just don't uh, brag about it. Yeah, I'll do love Glenn Parsons. Message though, anything can happen. Suarez retired and is now looking at going to into Miami. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's great, he's great crack, isn't he? In fairness, uh, guys, boys. I got to, I got to retire. My knees done, my knees done. Bang, I'm back in the MSL. More money. See you later, lads. In fairness to the boys, Gavin Keith and I Cold. think it was Shawnee on the night. Yeah, they called this. Yeah. They called this. Yeah. Nailed it. So, uh, so hopefully, it might something else. That... that night, I can't remember. It might have been Glenn on the show that night, yeah, but brilliant. you know. Football is crazy, and it, and nobody could really – you can normally predict a transfer window. You know, this is what has me up in arms, really. Get, it got me really flustered and angry last week, last weekend. You had it well, though, didn't you? My head was all over the show, mainly because you go into a transfer window over the last five years, you know what you're going to get at the end of it. You know what your targets are, pretty much. You know where you want to – what your destination is at the end. This summer – is the first summer I think in a long time where we have we're out of control, where we planned to get the two in that we did. We got them done early. There was no way in hell that the club planned on losing Fabinho and Henderson in this window. No way in earth. I no. think they would have they would have probably had a conversation over Thiago because of his contract situation and his fitness and in his fitness and availability over the season. And I think the Henderson and Fabinho would have been a conversation for next year. But as it stands now, we, we're going into the start of, ne of next season with Thiago, Elliot, and Curtis Jones as the as three of the, the only three midfielders at the club who started last season. Great crack. That it. is absolute bonkers. Wild. But we can only judge this window on the 1st of September when the window closes. It's still early days. We're still in mid in mid July. In an ideal world, you would love to see an announcement coming tomorrow that Liverpool are signing ex midfielder, wide defender, and they're joining up with the squad after they've passed their medical after the game tomorrow afternoon. That's the ideal world. We don't live in that world now. We're waiting on things to happen, 
and it could be a case that you could be into August, you know, where players might be coming back to the AXA to get their trading in rather than going out to Singapore. We don't know. And that's the only thing that I don't like. The last five years, we were in control of our own affairs when it came to the transfer business that we were doing. This year, we're not. We're we're completely out of control on ins and outs. And it's not a good place to be in with the advent of this new league because it's a brand new competitor with bottomless pits that you're trying to compete with in an inflated market that is completely out of control. The market at the moment is insane. And unless you've got ridiculous assets that you can just keep going or you get really lucky and you have a brilliant scouting network and you can pick a gem out of nowhere, which is possible because our business that we've done over the last few windows has generally been pretty good. You know, so it's going to be a wait and see, I think. I think it's going to be required from fans and an awful lot of patience is going to be needed to get between now and next month, I think. That is something and that it's going to be, it's going to be are... tough. Renowned I'm for having in spades is patience, yeah. Kev. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's good for now, isn't it? It ain't good for. You're asking. I mean, Midnight Talker make, makes uh, a point there. We only sold one starter so far, if Fab goes. That's fine up until the point when you remember that James Milner played 41 games last year. And Jordan Henderson played 43. Doesn't matter. But Henderson played a lot of minutes. We don't too many. 41 but... games that he was available for. He was either on the bench, closing games out, starting games, playing an hour. Whatever it was, he was available and there to be selected. It was weight off of, Ed, of other players. You've brought two in, which is good. But the ones that are leaving are available a lot. And you know, you know, so... the, the ones who are staying, Jones and Thiago, haven't yet shown because they're available for long. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. So, you know. Hey, it's a lot of weight. Another word for weight is pressure. And you know what you get when you put yeah. pressure on things that are made out of carbon? Diamonds. So let's, yeah, that's all so. we have to hope for. Because, again. But, you're, this, else, you, but else have to pressure those things do crack and break and fall apart, which has been our midfield. Yeah, put so. even more pressure on it. It'll eventually turn into charcoal or diamond or something like that. All useful. Engine rooms, you know, we got to have that driving engine in there. Charcoal. Perfect. More pressure, more weight. Because again, this goes back to this is something else that was bothering me today 
of thinking about what was what people were screaming for last year of why didn't we just go and sign this guy before he signed for Brighton? And like my thinking of was like, you wouldn't have been happy if we had a bunch of 18 or 19 year olds. Well, guess what? Whiny internet fans. It looks like we might be going into next season, relying a lot on some 18 and 19 year olds. I mean, we are going from the oldest, one of the oldest midfielders in the league to one of the youngest, which which also isn't a good thing. I think it's a happy medium you need, which is why can't you get these guys from Brighton for Brighton? That's a fair comment. You know, maybe you should get some of them in early. But also get the odd experience. It's a bit of a mix and match, and we kind of just don't neither. Yeah, just sort of left it. Hope for the best. But the position we're in at the minute, after today, let's just go into this a sec. After today, um, for Fana gets injured, ACL out hmm. for he's going to be out for nine months. That looks no, like he's got, sh- no, he's got no luck. That Paul, no, he hasn't. But that looks like that should, in all likelihood, put a kibosh on any likelihood that Colwell goes. Do you think any? Uh, do either of you guys think that that puts Chelsea on the back foot because they were desperate to get they're desperate to get Caicedo in the door, but I have a feeling that they needed a, the Colwell sale to get it over the line. Possibly, I think I think it might kind of, it might have a bit of a almost face, but I mean Colwell leaving Chelsea, I think was quite slim anyway. I'm still not. Gonna, by the way, they're doing bids. It looks like they're trying to do bids without Colwell to get Caicedo now, by the looks of it, because I think they've had a £70 million bid turned down for him. So, yeah. I would say now they're just looking, well, if this lad's as good as Liverpool thinks he is, Brighton thinks he is, then Chelsea would be stupid to go, let's keep him then. Let's use him. Especially when you've, you know, for Farmer, that's him done now for an, another season, unfortunately, for him. Yeah. Reese James so, is that as well. Yeah, which is probably for Chelsea fans of concern because that's. I think it's the same knee as well, isn't it? You know, that's flared yeah. up, which, you know, that, that's a worrying issue for him. But does, that's a regular but does, regular does that open a, does that open a door for a bid from us, possibly, or someone else, for Caicedo? It probably opens an option for Caicedo to go to Man United, I would say, because I don't see us bidding 80 million plus for a midfielder when we need two plus a centre-back. I just don't see that level of money in Liverpool. I'd like to be wrong. I really would, but I just don't see it. Plus, you don't know if Caicedo, he do, all the indications are like he seems to have his heart set on Chelsea because no one's going in for him. And I can't believe Chelsea are the only club that think oh, Caicedo's quite a good option. Which makes it, they might sit tight, really, which we have seen happen in the past. Yeah, it's all the talk that you've heard is that the only eyes that Moises Caicedo has is for Chelsea. You know, he's got blue eyes only and he won't mm. be. And if that's the case, I just don't see Liverpool even think, even I being think, interested in it. If you're if if you're saying if you're so steadfast before you know Chelsea's situation gets turned completely on its head, and all of a sudden it looks like you might be stuck at Brighton. I mean, there's worse things in the world than being stuck at Brighton when they go on what I presume is going to be their first European yeah, adventure. Yeah, you know yeah. that's a pretty good spot to be at for a 21 year old. You know, keep it like he's still just such a young inex. Like he's a kid, effectively in those terms of like. I have a tough time feeling sorry for Moises Caicedo. That I'm sure that there were other clubs. Like I'm sure that Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United, along with Chelsea, kicked the tires. And if he went, nope, I'm only going to Chelsea. And now the Chelsea door is closed. Unless he's willing to, I don't know, do a Jordan Henderson Saudi Arabian type deal 
and use part of his own wages to pay for the transfer fee of like, sorry, it was like, sorry, Moises, like you're, you're just, you hmm. made your bed. Now you got to run. Say, can I say this Chelsea feels like Van Dyke to Liverpool? Because no, because when Liverpool balls it up, no one really made an effort to get him. And I sort of feel like behind the scenes, in the within the lessons of football, there's no secrets in football. So I think they all know certain players have got eyes in certain clubs and go, why waste my time? I'll go and look for someone okay. else. I think if you know that, that's just that's just a guess. But you know, well, wh- where do you think we should be pointing our eyes then? Um, we obviously need. I think we can all agree we need a six who can come in, handle the pressure of a big move, of a playing for a big club, and be plug-in ready. Because there's no point in signing someone that you got a blood. It's not about chasing Man City down. It's about getting back into the Champions League. And anything more than that is, a, is you know, you're obviously one of, you want to win silverware, of course you do. But if you're rebuilding a complete midfield, you can't do it with two, with two or three kids. It's just not going to work. Not when you're adding to Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott. It's just not on. So where do you guys, where would you guys be looking at? I, you, you I both think we're going to do it with the kids. I think we're going to do it with a shocking number of players that we all would consider to be too young and too inexperienced. We won't I, qualify for Europe next season. I think so, we will. We'll, we'll come to top four. Um, we I, th- I think we'll get. I, I think we'll get somebody in who is really unfashionable. Probably everyone will lose their shit about it. But it'll just be a steady Eddie. Not who Are I you would talking call. about James Ward Prowse? No, no, no. If you're <laughs> someone like a, a Sangari or you know, sort of that ilk, you know, just a steady Eddie, you know, uh, Amrabat. I think that'd be. I think that's who we'll go for. Um, listen, I don't know what he cost. I'd love to go for Kimmich if he could talk because he's not happy at Bayern Munich. That's an ex- he's not the most mobile, but he's an experienced DM who's ready to <laughs> jump in. Somebody bad Emmett. Um, he's an experienced DM. You know, great pa- great passing, playing deep, and then you do bring in a youngster who is ready, I would say, for taking over in the next couple of years. Uh, I mean, Polina is never happening because he's the same age as, I think he's only a year younger than Fabinho, Fabinho. and they want, 80, yeah. they want 80 million for him. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. So They don't need to sell. He's more valuable to Fulham. Polina is the kind of midfielder that keeps Fulham in the league. Yeah. And keep and keeps them top half. He keeps them. He's the type of player that keeps Fulham top half. He's got a contract for twenty twenty seven. That's more valuable to Fulham than selling him and trying to replace him and risk relegation. They're you know they're already under threat from from losing a striker. So, I mean, look, I, I think I, if we go down the kid route and we sign, we turn around and sign Lavia, and say, Lavia, okay, you're coming in. You're going to start. In the six for Liverpool, and you're going to have McAllister on one side of you, and you'll have Zabaslai on the other side of you. I think we're going to get absolutely crucified in midfield. I think we'll get absolutely roasted. We'll get overrun and get this ultimately get destroyed in the middle of the park. And that's where games are won and lost. That's where every game of football just, is won and lost in the middle of the park. Just if because you of don't, his, his lack of nous, Kev, because it can't be his no, lack because of play. You, no, because of his complete lack of ability. He, there's a reason Southampton got relegated. He's part of that reason. <laughs> Southampton got relegated because the... they couldn't find the back of the net, Kev. 
They were relying on he Shea played, Adams and two guys named Armstrong to score their goals. And they he couldn't. played the bulk of their games in a six, mm-hmm. in a side that couldn't keep clean sheets and couldn't score goals. So he's got no creativity and his ability to read games at 19 years of age is exactly what a 19-year-old year should be at. He's not ready for a, for a side to push into the top four. He could be, if he was an understudy to someone, there's a reason why City sold him. If he was as good as what he, people believe him to be, Man City wouldn't have let him go. They'd have sent him on loan and brought him back. They didn't. They let it. They sold him. And they put a buyback option just in case. We did that with Brewster. We thought Brewster was going to be the second coming. We put a, a, a buyback clause on him. He's gone. Never to right, be seen but it again. doesn't just be just because those he contract clauses are the same doesn't mean that the players panned out the same. Obviously, Rian Brewster went to Sheffield and was basically an unmitigated failure. It's not just you that you can't say that Romeo Lavia was a failure at Southampton. I can because they got relegated. So no, failed. Southampton was a failure, and he was part was of the failure. Yes, he was. He was but not everybody on a relegated team is absolute garbage. That's just I didn't say they were garbage. I said they're not ready for a move to a side where they're going to be the first starting player in a side that's kind of trying to challenge to win silverware. He's not ready for that. And it's mm-hmm. not fair to do it to him. At 19, he's what a 19-year-old is, which is what we to be fair, what we all accuse Harvey Elliott of is erratic. One week couple weeks he's good, couple weeks he's bad. But when he was bad for Southampton, he got absolutely hammered because he was the main DM. But guess what? He's 19. Which is why if Liverpool brought Lavia to in, this is why we're saying bring an experienced head in so you can dip him in and out, blood him when he's ready, with a bit of experience to look to learn from it and then go from there. That that's what that's what, what I think that's how I see it is I think you set the kid up for to fail a little a little bit. You just say to right nineteen, crack on lad. Listen, he may just jump at it and go be brilliant, but you know, a few things general well against him. She was saying Gerard was 18. Gerard was 18, but he wasn't being at 18. He wasn't playing week in, week out as the main central midfielder. He was actually playing right back for a bit of it. He was dipped in and out and brought out of games and brought into games. That's where I'm saying you don't just drop a kid in and just leave. For me, if you want to bring in, if you want to bring in Ravia, uh, Lavia, fine, bring him in. He can't be your main guy. He can't be. It's not, not fair if... on the player. And long term, hmm. it can do a lot more harm than good. And the evidence is there. It could, the evidence or is there. it could turn him into an absolute star when we've got him under contract for five years. But then you when protect we... that by making sure that you have a seasoned professional player who can come in and start the season. You don't have to end the season with him. This is why selling Fabinho for forty million is such high risk. He might want to go. That's fine. But I would have been fine with bringing in Alavia. Because he ticks an awful lot of boxes if he was going to be learning the ropes from Fabinho. But the fact that we're talking about him coming in and starting as a six for us when we're looking to try to win stuff is beyond the pale batshit crazy. When was the, when was the last team where we that was in transition that dropped a, a kid into the spine of their team and said, crack on? Martin Odegaard? Yeah, but he was, they were in transition, though. Because they were, they'd, already built, they'd already built a span around, and he had... I mean, they, weren't, they, they, weren't, in, they weren't in Europe. This is Arsenal we're talking about. That sounds kind of like being in transition. Have, but what did he have behind him? He plays a 10 with two senior 
holding midfielders behind I mean, him. Top of the Shaka. spine is still the spine. But you still had two senior players around, Shaka, Shaka and Party been there for right. a while. And so I'm they, saying our set. six is going to have Sabasly on one side, McAllister on the other side. But again, that's not a settled midfield because two of them are new. So it's three new lads who are all going to learn to play together, whereas Odegaard was there. But around him was experience and a squad that had played together and gotten to a certain point. We've got a pretty settled back four behind this number six position we're talking about. Have we? Have we? I think I think Andy Robertson, Trent Alexander Arnold, Ibu Kanate, and Virgil van Dyke with Allison Gold. It's pretty settled. How how often is Kanate fit last year? Not very often. So you brought in then Van Dyke, who started to pick up injuries more than he used to. So then we went to Joel Matip, couldn't stay fit. Went to Joe Gomez, who was an unmitigated disaster, fitness wise, confidence wise. So, yes, there are settlers in. They've been there for ages, but they're not settlers in state fit. We're down to... Pro- if you said to me have those back four in the middle, the only one I can guarantee would say fit books of season is Van Dyke. The other three, I'll go flip a coin. Canata might have a good, have a good fitness year this year. So, again, so we can flip, we can flip it both ways. I'm just so giving the you... The counterside to that argument, then, Chris, states that we probably need one, if not two, extra centre-halves in because we don't think any of our centre-halves are going to stay fit. So I'm wondering Correct. where the budget comes from. If you're talking about... So yeah. I would love Paulinho. I think Paulinho had a fantastic season last year. He is not worth 80 million pounds. So Correct. if you're... Who are you bringing in as your experienced, steady Eddie Six? How much is Sophia and Amrabat going to cost? 50, 60 million? Yeah, yeah. Um, listen... You asked, 40. Me, you asked me the question, but I'm saying we needed an experienced centre-back this summer to go with the midfield. We've left us have so much work to do, and none of us know how much money they've got or don't have. You know, really? that's the. this is the question. So this is why we're saying I can see why Kev's got a reservation about £50 million for a, a youngster that you hope works out. You go, there's also other areas to do. And listen, we don't know what we're going to spread our budget out, but I think Liverpool need three. They need... Two centre mids, experience in a Lavia. I'm fine with that, but we need a proper centre back as well. Only because the lads we've got behind them, they can't stay fit. And we saw that last year because we, bloody hell, Nat Phillips started first home game of the season. You don't have to we tell st- me, I was there. Exactly. An no, honour of my life that I got to see him live and in the flesh. Yeah, look how well that went. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, hey, we, didn't, we didn't lose. Just about. I mean, to be fair, it didn't help with Nunes. I mean, but you can, I could see. Yo, I'm you mentioned counter argument. You can see why people are. You we mentioned Amrabat there. You mentioned Amrabat there. If you want to plug in six who can come in and do that job, just you're standing in front of the back four, and you're the destroyer in front of that. He can do the job. Yep. You know he can do exactly that. He won't give you much more. He can accept the ball in tight spaces. He can pass it. He can break play up, and he can do a job for you for a couple of years. Two or three years, no problem. The other one that got linked, uh, not linked, but loosely linked, there's an awful lot of chatter around him, is Czech um, Decore. Uh, Matt, what do you think of him? I think he did quite well. I mean, he's that next little age bracket up. I, uh, you know, anybody that's been in our chat knows that Shawnee Lawson is a big, big fan of Czech Decore. Hard to see Palace doing business. They're not a club that is known for being uh, a willing seller for the most part. You don't see a lot of players leaving Palace. Like they're not that, you know, Borussia Dortmund or RB Leipzig or Southampton style club that, you know, players come in for a year or two and then they're off and gone. It's, it's an important position. 
Palace might know what they have there. Maybe maybe old Uncle Roy will do us a favor and uh, and loosen it up for it. It's just it comes down to the cost. Like it's the market is so bonkers. The price for these players is just so ridiculous that you're talking fifty million for an eighteen year old, eighty million for a twenty eight twenty nine year old in Paulinha. You know, a hundred and five million for Enzo Fernandez or Declan Rice. Who knows what price yeah. Crystal Palace could set for check to cool? I think on the Lavia thing, one sec. On the Lavia thing with the fee, Lavia's fee is by our is by back close next year's forty million. Yeah. If Southampton sell him, Man City get a twenty percent uh, of the transfer fee that he sold for. Yeah, so, forty eight. Yeah. So that's that's why. The, the, they've set their value at 50 million. They just Southampton don't want to pay that 20%. They want the buying clubs to, to do that. It could be a case that that's why they they're just um hanging hanging out hanging on out for that and seeing who's gonna nibble first. Someone is gonna uh, bounce for that. One thing what Emmett says there, Genie and Robbo were both relegated from Newcastle and Hull. They were, but Genie was a, an established Dutch international when he was relegated. And Robertson wasn't coming in as a starting left back. He worked his way into the ball, and he was eight million. And we sold Kev Stewart the day before for eight million. So we essentially got Robertson for free. Mm. You know, yes. it was it wasn't a real gamble yeah. as such as a fifty million pounds um, investment in a Roman Lavia, which I think long term Lavia could be an absolute steal at the price, long term. But if you need someone to come in and hit the ground running for six months, you know, to get you through to, to the knockout stages of the Europa League and push your way into a position where you can fight for top four and better, that you need a plug in and go option. And if that means that you buy someone for a couple of years and sell them and recoup your money that way, do it because. Because that's the that's the idea, isn't it, Kev? You you, you sign yeah. love yet and to we've honest, stopped doing that. We've up stopped to doing that up to Christmas. He comes off the bench a few times in the Premier League, but mainly he's used in Cups and Europa League. Gets used to the system, builds his confidence up. And we've seen with Klopp, if you get in and you get in form, you stay in. And then you ride the wave of a 19-year-old. But then you know you've got, just hate Amrabat, I'm not saying we're going to buy Amrabat. You've got Amrabat to take out, to throw back in, go, right, look, he's just hit his dip now, take him out. Which is what, to be honest, we should have done with Harvey Elliott for half of last year. At some point, is take the kid out because he was running on fumes, but literally he's still had to stay fit. You know, that could, could easily have had a negative effect on Harvey Ellis. You know, that's that's the worry you've got. That's that's the concern I have, is if we just go with Lavia, is it, it's very high-risk poker. If it works, great. Yeah. I mean, club, you know, as always, club, club are geniuses if they do it, but I don't know. I feel at the time we do take, we've took too many risks last couple of summers. It's it's why I brought this comment up from Ashley. Like we can't be taking forty million for a worn out Fabinho with a smile and then balk at the high price tag right. of these other players. It goes both ways. But the flip side right. of that is is because I I don't disagree with what you're saying, Kev. That we do need experience. It's just maybe it's because I was laid out with COVID for the last week and my mind got a little bit scrambled. I'm at the point of just fuck it, blow it up. Just blow it up. Mm -hmm. If it means we have to have a hard scrap year where we get to see because. I don't know. What was some of the most exciting parts of last season? Seeing the emergence of Stefan Bacetic. 
seeing Curtis Jones finally reaching some of the potential that we've all hoped that he was going to have. So if that's the sort of, if we're going to have an up and down season, like I don't feel the entitlement that some other fans and fans of other clubs feel that we deserve or we must win the title every year or be challenging for the title every year. That's not how sports works. Unless you're sports washing or playing FIFA on easy, you don't just win 38 games every year. No, but you have to compete. You do have to. We're not going to finish 10th. No, but we did not I wouldn't have said Chelsea. I wouldn't have said I wouldn't have picked Chelsea to finish twelfth either. No, but we're not a basket case like Chelsea is. We've yeah. got three midfielders at the club. <laughs> no, we but, got and a month, and a month to go. I don't, I don't think it's self I don't think it's self the, the club besides Liverpool saying mo I think actually nearly every we should be in the conversation of challenging for for titles. Doesn't mean you have to win it. So like I suppose it hurt losing that city. Be it felt like being back as Liverpool when you go, yeah, but we're in the hunt. We're in the hunt for trophies. We're always like quarterfinals, semi-finals, we're taking the league to the last day. You That's think what you want. Is it possible that a team that has a Romeo Lavia as the six couldn't go and win the FA Cup? I yeah. don't think that's impossible. You might not win a 38-game season, but a cup competition is a totally different beast. That's challenging for titles. That's being in it. But, yeah, but if if you're asking me, me as a Liverpool fan, what I want, I want my team to be challenged for the main the main trophy. The main trophy is the league, and that's what they should always be building towards. And I feel like we're doing two steps back at the moment. But, listen, we signed the right – this is based on us having, like, this case of three midfielders. Give it two. Give it two weeks. If we've brought in adequate players, in, you might look and go, "There you go. You've got a stable base to work from." And now we we can see then what McAllister does, what Sobosly does, what Diaz, you know Diaz having a full season would be quite nice because I've always only ever seen him have a six month spell just because of he's been a fortune injury. You know we're looking forward to see how Nunes does. Yeah, does a lot of things to get excited about Liverpool. Oh, we yeah. just want to see a bit of a, a little bit more of a stable base. And listen, I've seen plenty of Liverpool sides. 90s, 2000s, where we went, oh, that season was great. That youngster came through, it was really good. You're like, yeah, but we don't, we never capitalised on it. I've seen Liverpool build plenty of we don't capitalise. You don't want this to become another one of those transitional years that becomes five years and you go, fuck me, we didn't really do anything. That's what you don't yeah, want. That's the fear. That, that, and that, that, I think that, that I can understand people having that fear. But as we've seen, what was it, less than 18 months ago? You're chanting for all four trophies. So you can flip very quickly, both ways, okay. positive and negative. I think, look, yeah. the one thing I can safely say is we'll score goals. Next season, we will score goals. And if you if we can figure out a way to keep upwards of 16 clean sheets in a season, if you can keep mm. 16 plus clean sheets in a season, score 100 goals. If you can figure out a, a formula to do that, you'll be in a title hunt in, in March, and it's up to you what you do with it. That's but Biggest thing to change then, Kev, is have, our away form against the bottom 10 teams in the league. Yeah, because last that's it in a nutshell. Criminal. Yeah, yeah. That's it in a nutshell. But I think there's other players out there as well that got loosely linked. I mean, we're, there's, a, there's a lot of talk about Leon Goretzka. Um, apparently, Bayern are all selling him. Uh, linked with Manchester United. Would either of you two uh, be interested in someone like him? It's just the warning sign of whenever Real Madrid or Bayern Munich are willing to let a player like that go. Somebody that seems like they're part of the furniture, you know, in the prime of their career, 
why are Bayern willing to let Leon Goretzka or Joshua Kimmich walk? You know, what do they see every day in training, you know, or in the dressing room? I think the the issue with Bayern is they've got a high, very high wage bill. They genuinely do. Um, I think their legs, I don't think it's so much so with Kimmich. I think Goretzka's on the wane, fair enough. But they've got to read, those two would be on big money. If they want to fund a deal for a Harry Kane, they can't do that as well as the other players that they've brought in as well. So I think they're open to making a decision on one of them. Um, I think they would prefer to sell Goretzka. And if Manchester United are willing willing buyers, I think that's a deal that could happen. Um, but then again, Manchester United signing Johnny Evans makes me really wonder how much they've got and what's going on there at the minute. So, it does sound like the Johnny Evans deal is only for the pre-season. Yeah, 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 I know. It's just yeah. one of those things that, look, it's a, it's a nice stick to be able to beat someone with. If you're going to work tomorrow and you're Man United fans, so what's going on with Liverpool's midfield? Well, I don't know, but we're not signing Johnny Evans, mate. So that would be Sanjay Spearing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's the same but, sort of deal, isn't it? There's a few others as well. Look, there's a kid from Benfica, um, Lewis something, I can't remember his name. And that's how much I know about him. But he's been linked. Florentino. A lot of pe- a, yeah, a lot of people seem to like him a lot. I genuinely never heard of him until last season. And even then, it was only because Benfica had a really soft run in the Champions League and they did well to get to where they got to. And I just don't know enough about him. I don't know if any, either of you two do. No. No, I honestly, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. All I know is that he plays for the same club that said they will not budge on Enzo Fernandez's release clause. And at the end of the day, they didn't budge on Enzo Fernandez's release yeah. clause. Florentino I mean, Luis, is, that's him. Yeah, uh, thanks, Brian. Is even more, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 120 million euros or something like that. Yeah, Cahill knows that I've been really, really, really pushing Douglas Luiz for a while. Um, I like him a lot. But I've got to be honest, I look at the business that Villa have done this summer. They're going to be an issue for a lot of sides next season. Unai Emery has done a fantastic job there. Whether you could tempt Villa to sell him would be really ideal because he's prem proven. He's got enough games to get a read on on his abilities. And I think he could be a real, real player. But at the same time, that's real money. I mean, you, you, Chris was saying earlier about we don't know how much we have in, in our budget. We know that we financed the deal to do Zobbins Light, and that's very unusual for Liverpool. Liverpool don't get financed to buy players. We haven't done that in a long while. I think that's because um, the buyout clause, wasn't it? Because yeah, exactly. We had to pay. We had to pay it up front, for, and we've never done it for that amount. You know, so that's weird for us. Mm-hmm. The McAllister deal was just too good to turn down. That's easy to do. You're recouping like 60 million plus other sales on what you're letting go at the club, plus saving a good, really big chunk on wages. So I think there is money there for fees, but I don't think that you're going to get the club offering big wages to players. I think well, they'll, I th- they'll pay fees, but I don't think they'll go over. I don't think they'll break the wage structure for anyone. But I think if you look at the players that we've been linked with, linked with, if you take our two Bayern Munich lads, I can't say the other's been on yeah, anywhere no, near, I, I, demanding anywhere near wages of a, of a Fabinho or a Henderson. No. 
Uh, the only ones that would want more than what those two are would be a Kimmich or a Goretzka because of who yeah. they are and because of how established they are. Yeah. Would make sense. Like when we got Thiago, you know, Thiago wasn't coming in on, on a small wage because, you know, of who he is and what he's proven he can do. So that's why there's probably low risk with the wages of whoever we buy because I can't see us signing anyone where you're thinking, like, oh, you'll want 200, 150 grand a week. They want the same money as Henderson. I don't think they will. I don't think McCallison Sopper's like anywhere near that yet. No. Well, so. here's uh, here's a comment I'd say from earlier from James mm. Milne. He says, today a private jet flew from Nice to Blackpool, then down to Southampton for half a day, and then finally to Stuttgart. If only there was a player Liverpool was linked with that, you know, would be in and around the Nice area. A little Kefram Turam might be coming back onto the radar. <laughs> I'm not quite at the stage of following private jets yet, but it... They were the, ori- the original two that we were linked with. Kone were Manu Kone, Manu Kone and Santorin. <coughs> I think they were backups to Sopper's line. I don't. I don't. Neither of them play on that side of the pitch, and neither of them do what Sopper's line does. Manu Kone is a pure, is a pure six. Kefran Turin is an eight on the left-hand side who could develop into a six, but he, was ne- he doesn't play on the right. So I don't think there were anything to do with Zabaslai. I think the Zabaslai deal was just something that they just, not stumbled I, across, but it became it was one of those you always talk about it in transfer. Yeah, something came up and they just went for it. There, there you go. But there is a real possibility that they could go back for these two. And mm. as Gav said the other night, and it goes back on everything that I just said to you, Matt. It goes back to what Gav said the other night. Is clock would turn around and say, Fuck it, I rip the plaster completely off, go for Manu Kone and drop him in with Curtis Jones, Thiago, and Catherine Turam and see how it goes. The watch other thing me, is, watch during me watch me coach, yeah, he's during done before. the, under, he's done it before, during right? the Euro under 21s, um, Curtis Jones played the sixth role in a double pivot with Angel, Angel Gomez. And he was the best player in the tournament for me. Well, one, he was de- easily in the top three players of the tournament. Now I know it's under 21. But you can also see in the player long term that he could develop into that player who plays in a double six. We could turn around and start the season playing 4 2 3 1 with two holding midfielders, play four forwards, and a back four where Trent stays as a Orthodox right back. We could do I, that. I would, I would argue. That would suit the squad of players we've got already better. Plus whoever we add in. And that takes the pressure off a labby because then it's not a single pivot to double. So yeah. you would you would argue that formation would actually suit the players we've got. Yeah. Paul Whitten Watton saying there that Cone is out injured for a while. Cone is back from injury at the beginning of August. Yeah. It wasn't as bad as first feared. McAllister can also play in a double pivot. He did it for Brighton and played a lot for Brighton in the middle of the park with Moses Coisedo. And had very, very good numbers Yeah, when he was playing in that position. And also keep in mind that towards the end of the season, Caicedo was playing a lot more as a right back than as a six even. Another, yeah. reason, to, another reason to buy him. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, look, the I mean, dickhead test though, apparently. But the, but the other option is the fact, if you went down that road, Okay, you went four, two, three, one. You'd have your back five as we, we have with Addison, Trent, Robbo, Virgil, and pick a center back. 
you could have a six that you bring in plus a Trent if you want to play Joe Gomez at right back in the out game. You can play McAllister as an attacking six or someone who can get up and down the pitch. Then you could look at playing Darwin Nunes as your nine, as an out-and-out out nine, and put three behind him and pick any three you like. You can put Jota, Sabaslai, and Salah. You can put Sabaslai out on the right if you want to take Salah and put Harvey Elliott through the middle in the ten. You can use Gakpo in a nine or a ten, Jota left or a, ten, or a nine or a ten. The options are there with the forwards that we have to play four of them in a game rather than stick to four through three with an inverted right back if we do the midfield business in a certain way. Yeah. Well, It'll be interesting if, to see what happens for me. Assume, assume we get that business done, Kev. When are we going to play at Anfield? That's a really <laughs> good question. Um, I, this, could, this could be like the, is it the 89 season where we're going to play like about four away yeah. games in a row before we even get close to Anfield because it looks like it's not yeah, going to be when, when we were over there and uh, we saw the building work that was going on and the fixture list came out, I thought that, that, that I can see the first home game being flipped here because you're away to Chelsea, you flip the Bournemouth game, you're away again. It's a Newcastle. And I think there's an international break either after that week or after the fourth week, but I, it would mean... Yeah, so it yeah. would be the whole weekend of Villa at home and then it's yeah. international break. Exactly. So it will give them an extra two weeks. I think the I've I think the Bournemouth game could get flipped. Could you uh, we end up playing them? away to Bournemouth? Yeah. I just think that's a realistic thing that could happen because there's no tester event like there normally would be in a stadium. You know, yeah. normally stadiums before they get their certification have to have a, a, a tester event to test the you know the safety of the stand and what have you. Mm and normally you do that with a pre-season game there's nothing anywhere near remotely like that going to happen so i well, senior advisors are saying we will play bournemouth on our first home no. game but the stand won't be used yeah i i doubt that i think there's there's that's a lot of money to lose i think they would prefer to play that game away and get the home fixture in the second half of the season it would mean that yeah you start your you start uh, the hardest way possible but at the second at the second option you'll get a nice run of three games at home on the bounce maybe in february or march yeah. i don't know when the fixtures turn around that yeah but, it's, i you know i i presumed that we wouldn't be playing at anfield for the first three or four weeks it's just a question of whether the league is going to be or bournemouth i presume will have some say in the matter well, they would, they would. Yes. but yeah. it would also be the the police in Bournemouth would yeah. have ultimate say, you know. Yeah. But there's enough time An to ocean. get this done. They'll have to make this decision soon. Yeah, An and ocean. I mean, in terms of a tester event, it seems like Emmett and Gav are willing to be that test to see the structural integrity of the new Anfield Road end <laughs> if that game gets changed because they'll be they'll be down there trying to lift girders out of the ground. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, well, she makes a good point. The league didn't do that for Luton. Luton said, can they delay their first game of the season or flip it? And they said, no, we'll just postpone the game. So they've got already going to be a game behind and it's going to be put somewhere else in a busy fixture list, which... But that suits TV because, look, Luton aren't... Luton and Burnley, neither are in Europe. 
So what you'll find is that will get slipped in during mm. a week that there is European football. You know, it it's a bit more condensed when you're talking about a calendar for Liverpool. Yeah, so I'll just say how we do. Yeah, it's, I'm not entirely sure to go to Megan's question. I don't think there's been any delay. I think this was always kind of expected that it was going to be done around the middle of August, the new stand. Yeah. Just there's only think, there's only so much work you can get done in the off season. Yeah. And Phil Roar, Roar is making the point that construction hasn't finished yet. It's going to be three weeks into the season until that's done. Yeah. So I'll take your word for that. I, I genuinely don't know. So that's Emma is making a really good point. There will be war over flights and accommodation booked if they flip it. I think the stand closed or lower open or upper closed. Yeah. Emma, that's a possibility. Yeah, you're right. It could be a case that the lower Anfield Road might be left open and the upper new part of the stand might be told to close and they might go around and do it that way. We don't know, but you're right. But it depends an awful lot of people done. travel. So. But it depends on the work they're doing because what we don't know is, I know they've put something on top, but after he's ripped out all the concourses oh, and guts. all the toilets and everything. Yeah, all, so yeah. You, would, any... you would presume they would because that was pretty, having sat to the both yeah. games, I've sat in the Anfield Road end and that's pretty antiquated stuff there. And when exactly. you watch some so, of those videos, you see those new concourses and it's so wide. Con- with the concourse so ready, it doesn't matter if the Anfield Road end's open because like, yeah, great, it's open, but there's nothing you can use and yeah, I don't think you can have it open without certain facilities available. So we'll have to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, having the game postponed, it creates fixture congestion later on, but it'll give us another week or two to get some of these 18, 19 year olds, you know, up to speed with the system. That's very, so that, that, that's very true. When you think about it, so then you can do your arm right routine, can't you? Exactly. And I mean, not that we're going to need a whole lot of new signings because, gentlemen, all of our answers will come tomorrow. When the first preseason game of the year finally comes, the the long, cold winter in the middle of summer of no football is reaching its end. It's back. The most meaningful game of the year so far is tomorrow against Karlsruhe. Who are you excited to see, Kev? I'm expecting, what, a half hour? Like yeah. three 11s? 30 minutes? Well, how many, how, how, many went, how many went on tour originally? 32, was it? Is it 32? I'll say let's so, go with 32. That sounds good. That sounds good. I know there's like 11s. I know, I know, yeah, I know there was 12 under 21s that went. Yeah. So look, the one I'm the one I'm looking forward to seeing most is Connor Bradley. Um I I'm really looking forward to seeing him. I know everyone's gonna want to see Sabazlai and McAllister. Obviously, of course you want to see that. But I love watching preseason for the kids, you know, for to see how they've come on in the last 12 months. I want to see if Connor Bradley has what it, I think he has the ability to become that back up to Trent and play some games this season for the club. I don't want to see him going out and loan at his age now. I think he'd be he'd benefit more from being at the club and being involved in match day squads and training with the first team on a regular basis and playing games here, there and everywhere. So I think you'll get three 30-minute halves, more or less three 11s, and they'll go with that. The usual trick is they'll do a morning training session and then they'll go and play. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one to look forward to for sure. I think it's 5.30. It starts on LFC TV Go. A crazy five thirty hour time. 
Yeah, it's 1230 in the afternoon. I can't watch that on a Wednesday. But, yeah, look, Kwanzaa Uh, is another one. Yeah, he he looks... You he did have a good well. time at uh, Bristol Rovers. So. He looked like a monster in some six three. 6'3". Uh, see, the thing is, you look at Conor Bradley. Conor Bradley is 19 years of age, okay? He's got 13 international caps. Um, he's no older or younger than what Trent was when Trent made his breakthrough. Mm. And I think he's got that level of ability when I've seen him playing for Northern Ireland that he can play. Jamal Kwanzaa, Jarl Kwanzaa, is... He still hasn't played for England under 21s. I think in two years' time, he could be the player that saves you 60 to 80 million pounds. He's six foot three, and he's going to be probably he's going to be six foot four or five by the time he finishes. He's filled out a lot. He looks really broad. It's just a case of seeing what he's like, see what his ability is like to read the game in front of him. Because it's not his defending, it's not his aerial ability. You know, all defenders can head a ball. All defenders can pass a ball. Not Mickey Van Der Ven. No, he can just run really fast. <laughs> but what you're looking for is his ability to read the, read the play in front of him, snuffs things out early, find long diagonals. Little things like that you're looking to see in the game. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of really looking forward to tomorrow night. I've got that H back now. I'm, I'm just... You know, I want to see it. I want to see if we're going to go straight in with the, the inverted fullback. Yeah. Or see I, if it was a case, if it was a means to an end to get to where we needed to get to, to get to, to protect players. Did Klopp change the system to protect Henderson, to protect Fabinho, and in turn found a role that stumbled across something that worked? Did that happen? We don't know. Well, it's not, not so much that, but is... If we're going to go, if our go-to formation with our best 11 is that three-box, three formation, is it going to cascade down through the rest of the team and through, you know, the under-23s, the under-21s, the under-18s, like Klopp's 4-3-3 did? Or is it going to be the 4-3-3 is what everybody else plays? You know, is it going to be horses for courses? Basically, when Trent's not playing. is To me, I, I just don't see how it works if Trent's not playing. And that puts all the question marks and all the spotlight on Connor Bradley. And like I'm sold. We did that show a couple weeks ago, Kevin. You uh, you brought a lot of Connor Bradley hype, and I am all over it. Oh, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. There's a load of names coming in there. So you also need to get no poll. There ain't. We ain't doing a post match, man. Well, you you guys will. I got work to do, so you guys. I'm at work. I'm at work. I'm not going to see it. Yeah, I'm 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 going to be home from work, and I'm going to be watching it. And yeah, I'm not doing a postman. Emmett Cavanaugh is the friendly neighborhood uh, red here, reminding everybody that LFC TV is free to sign up for a month. You can watch all the friendlies. So if you don't already have your account on Liverpool or on LiverpoolFC.com, go now after the show's over. After you hit the like button on your way out, sign up for your free month. You can watch all of the pre matches, all the all all the preseason matches, all that good stuff because. And there's some you know, great content coming out from the club as well, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, every, everybody likes German bike riding, you know? That's, yeah. that's the, There's that and who wins the lactate test. Yeah. That's... Who wins the James Milner Memorial Trophy at the start of the season is the – that's when you know you're back. Exactly. Yeah, getting getting pinpricks in your ears with a bunch of people from 
John Moore University there running tests on the sidelines. That's yeah. that's exciting. It goes to show the level of detail that they've let it go to. Yeah. And as Emmett rightly points out, don't forget to cancel the bloody thing. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, Sir Oswald uh, Fortitude wondering, is Cade Gordon fit again? I believe he put something out on his Instagram or Twitter account uh, that he's back out running. Yeah, I think he's one of the yeah. 21s though, isn't he? It'd be a while before you see him anywhere near a first team, I would say. Yeah, it's, uh, it seems like... Ben is another one. Ben Doak is another one to look for. Yeah, he, he's, he's see who he plays with. Which eleven does he come out with? Mm. Yeah, and I mean the big the big question. I mean, before we get out of here, maybe Chris, you can uh, give you can us your this. thoughts on this. You, you didn't ask me. Who I'm looking forward to see. That's that's all look forward to play. Does Henderson play? I've got a feeling he might play though, and I'll be honest. I hope, I hope he does, so that I can just watch social media just fucking explode because it'll annoy everyone. Listen, if if he plays, joke aside, if he plays, then his deal's nowhere near as close as some are making it out to be. Because yeah. you would not play it if you think it's very close to getting a deal done. So No, you wouldn't risk an injury. You, you just wouldn't. wouldn't. You wouldn't do, would you? But so that'd be that'd be the interesting one. We'll find out in the morning if he picks up a groin trainer. Oh, sorry, back injury. Back, back injury. injury. Back injury is <laughs> a good one, isn't it? Back back injury. You'd have to fly to Brazil and back and you'd be fine. Yeah. That's yeah, if, 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 if it's a back injury, you know that by Friday there's going to be a show. So make sure back you injury or groin strain. They're the two classics that you did. They're the two classic transfer injuries. Yeah. Jordan I mean, Henderson what? picked up a back injury trying to do a wheelie on his bike like Ibu Kanate and uh, will be out for three to six wow. weeks. Yeah. That's the end of that. And we can move on. So, yeah. I think that's about enough for one day because there wasn't really a ton of news. Believe what you will about Luis Diaz. I refuse to believe it, uh, even though it is coming from my favorite South American Twitter, ITK, Pipe Sierra. Believe all the believe all the rival sources and tell you what you don't like. Then you go, ah, it's all bollocks, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Our chances of getting Levi Colwell seem oh, to have been yeah. uh, absolutely <laughs> scuppered like a Costa Concordia because the most expensive defender of all time, I believe, Wesley Fofana? Uh, no. No, he's not. He's very expensive. He's up there. Yeah. He's not the well, most expensive. very expensive. And he was the most expensive of all time. Well, close enough. He's got absolutely disintegrated knees, so that's all done. Well, so I've just seen the link, the link, you know, tomorrow's papers. And Ooh. Chelsea want in excess of 40 million pounds for Conor Gallagher, 23, with West Ham keen to bring the England midfielder to the London Stadium. Bayern Munich are willing to sell German midfielder Joshua Kimmich if the club make the if a club makes the right offer for 28-year-olds, so no figures there. Defender Alex Tellis from Manchester United is close to a move to Al Nassar. See, you've got to watch with the Saudi clubs how many non-Saudi players they buy. I think there's a ceiling on how many they're allowed to have in each team or in each squad. Hmm. So when you seeing the likes of um, your man at West Ham, um, what's his name? Striker. Oh, Mikel Antonio. Mikel Antonio getting linked to Aletifek. It could be a case that, look, yeah, Jordan Henderson has uh, accepted the offer. Liverpool aren't willing to budge on their 20 million valuation. We're moving on to someone new. So suddenly they've moved on to um, Mikel Antonio because they might, uh, there is a, a limit as to how many players they're allowed to bring in. Oh, and Alison Maximan is being touted to go to the Saudi leagues just for the right amount of money that um, Leicester are looking for Harvey Barnes. But there's nothing to see here, honestly. Yeah. Well, Alison Maximan is shit. Do you want to hear some interesting news? Which will get some people really excited. 
Oh, mate, Kevin, remember Kevin Palmer, the guy who broke the um, Van Dyke news? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, here's one. Headline, outstanding. 140 million triple Liverpool swoop as Liverpool work on adding three more midfielders this summer. No names, like, but you know. Just do some quick it? math. Let's say that feels like uh, Lavia at 50. So that leaves, you said 130? 140. 140. So that leaves okay. 90. So 45 and 45. About what's rumored to maybe get Kepram Turam and Manu Kone out of their respective teams? Could be interesting. Could be. Yeah, it could also be someone trying, you know, with a calculator working out how the divide button works. Yeah. And then writing a story about it. Well, it's yeah. 100, 120 million for the release clause of Florentino Luis and then free transfers for Hoiberg and James Ward Prowse. And then on that note, can we go, please? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes, we can. Of course, on the way out. I implore everybody, please hit the thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share about the show on your social media accounts because it helps keep this all free. As far as I'm concerned, there is no better entirely free Liverpool fan-created content on the internet. I challenge you to find something. I have yet to find it. It's not just biased because I'm on the shows. But mostly... Please help out our charity sponsor. They're a couple thousand dollars away. We got 12 women from a GAA club in Dublin that are running the Dublin City Marathon to raise money for breast cancer awareness, which is an amazing undertaking. They've been working at this for months and months and months, raising 15, 16, 17,000 euros they've got raised up already. We just need to get them that last little bit over the hump to get them to their 20,000 euro uh, fundraising target. That's all we ask for from you guys. Hit the like button, help out our charity partners. The description is in, or the link for the charity partner is in the show description on YouTube. If you're listening after the fact, you can check us out on social media. It'll be the pinned tweet on our social media. <laughs> it's picking up speed. I'm hearing multiple people talking about Pierre-Emil Hoybeard coming I, I, I can see it. There'll be some Twitter account soon that was like, sources inside Anfield. Shock move, Hoybeard. Of course. Senior sources say, <laughs> I mean, hey, just adding another guy that has random consonants strewn about his last name, just like Sabasly, you know, just making it that much harder to type up the team sheets for everybody where you have to go, where do those J's go again? Where do those Z's go? But anyways... Well, last thing before you go, Matt, but oh. you're loving the fact that McAllister is being called Gary by yeah, everybody. It's, I it's, absolutely adore that part yeah. well and Gary all the way it's, through it. Yes, Gary, <laughs> for anybody, which also, hey, I know some people in the Telegram won't care to hear about it, but I do believe that the test starts tomorrow morning. Ashes are back. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there we go. We're going to get the uh, inevitable Australian win. The Ashes will go back down under. England will be put back into their place for another cycle. We'll carry on from there. But most importantly, the Reds are back. Preseason's there tomorrow. Thanks for joining us on the LFC Day Trippers. We'll see you guys around. Adios. Sports Social Podcast Network.